Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am so delighted that you are here. I hope you all enjoyed the case study episodes. It is just so much fun to connect with all of you awesome reactive dog guardians and support you on your training journey. So thank you to everyone who joined me on the podcast and shared their experience. We welcomed a new round of reactive redefined participants and it is, Steph and I seriously just love getting to know these new teams and, you know, kind of figuring out where they're at and how we can support them and kind of take things to the next level. So if you have a reactive dog and you are thinking about joining reactive rate of find um, you can join the self-guided version now and then the group coaching program will reopen for enrollment in January and then Steph and I are also working on a professional version of reactive redefine so for those of you who are listening if you are a dog trainer and maybe you are interested in learning how we have made reactive redefine work and how it's been so successful we are working on creating a professional version so that you can get inspired and maybe create your own online course so you can support um, reactive dog guardians all over the world so in today's episode I wanted to share a little bit more about um, the trip that we went on. So for those of you listening, if you don't already follow us over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, um, Waylon, my partner and I went on a couple week road trip and we went to all of these beautiful, amazing places. <clears throat> and I want to share just a little bit more about that and obviously, you know, how things went with Waylon. But I also want to kind of give you a framework for some considerations that you could make for your own dog if you are interested in doing um, a long trip, um, a long road trip like we went on. So a couple of things that I think made it so that we were all very, very successful. Um, Waylon already has a couple of things established and in place, and some of those things were training, some of those were early socialization, and some of those were just life experience that I think really set us up for success. So just to give you a little bit of... um, An overview, we went for a three-week road trip. We went to um, five different states. We camped, we stayed with friends, we stayed in hotels. So there was a lot of stimulus and lots of different situations. And we really planned this trip because we knew that Waylon could handle it. So for those of you who maybe have a dog that is not as social or not as capable of handling a ton of stimulus and a ton of new places, I want you just to take a deep breath and realize that that's totally okay, right? Just because I was successful in this trip with Waylon doesn't mean that this trip is for every single dog. So just know that, right? We literally planned this trip. Um, I will be honest, we had hoped that Tiva would be able to come on this trip also, but obviously she had um, other plans. She was ready to leave her physical body before that happened. So it ended up just being Waylon. And I will say that going on this long road trip with just one dog, um, it was actually really nice in the fact that 
there was just one dog to worry about, right? We didn't have to consider two dogs and their personalities and what they needed. So a couple of things that I think really set Waylon up for success were the fact that he is already really, really comfortable in the car. Waylon has been on several road trips in his life, um, a lot of road trips in his life, actually. So he's plenty comfortable being in the car for long durations of time. He really has no problem with that. So obviously, if you have a dog who gets pretty stressed in the car, maybe a super long road trip isn't the greatest plan. But I will say a caveat to that would be um, maybe consulting with your vet um, about maybe some medication that could make it easier for your dog. So, um, Waylon is super comfortable in the car. He is happy to sleep, nap really, actually really hard in the car. There's many times where he was snoring. So, um, we made sure that he was getting plenty of rest. He was plenty, plenty comfortable in the car. So that was already established. We already knew that about Waylon. So that made it easy to ask him to be in the car for, long amount of time over three weeks. We did a lot of driving. I think we covered almost 5,000 miles on our trip. So that's something that was already in place. We knew Waylon could be successful with that. Okay. Um, something else that I think really set us up for success is that Waylon prefers to go for um, potty walks. So he's plenty comfortable going to the bathroom on the leash. Um, it's actually one of those silly things that like we have this big backyard, we have a doggy door and Waylon almost never goes to the bathroom out there. He would really much rather hold it and like, you know, go deposit his scent and things in the world. So I think that that was already established. So that made it really easy on our trip that Waylon had no qualms about going to the bathroom on leash um, wherever we were. Right. So that's something that we already had in place. I think that if your dog is already comfortable in the car, but maybe they aren't going to the bathroom on the leash, that's something that you could do in preparation for your trip. Right. Is just getting them out for more frequent potty walks. Um, so they're just getting more comfortable to the fact that, you know, hey, sometimes we got a potty on leash. Um, I think something else that we know about Waylon that actually um, Tifa was not very good at um, is that Waylon really is quite non-reactive in a hotel setting. Um, it's not, like, obviously he notices people walking by and other dogs and stuff like that. Like, you know, he's not a zombie, but he is not terribly barky or terribly concerned about like doors opening and closing, people walking by, dogs walking by. Um, and that's something that we were able to make like certain amendments to this trip because Tiva, um, and then our previous dog to that, Sunny, um, when we traveled with them, they were really not successful in hotels. <laughs> they both were very reactive to doors opening and closing. They were very reactive to people walking by. So in their lifetime, we stayed at a lot more Airbnbs <clears throat> than we did hotels. But because we know this about Waylon, it made it really easy to stay at lots of pet-friendly hotels. And I will say that was another easy thing about having just one dog. It was not hard at all to find pet-friendly hotels that allowed one dog, right? So that's something that we knew about Waylon that definitely set him up for success. So if you are not sure how your dog will respond in a hotel, my suggestion would be plan one night and let's get some feedback 
back on that before you plan a whole trip that's contingent on the dog keeping their cool in the hotel. And I'm not saying that like it's the end of the world if your dog is reactive in the hotel sometimes, but to give you some more context, like when we would travel with Sunny and Tiva and we had stay in hotels, they had a hard time sleeping. Um, so that kind of interfered with what we needed from them because they weren't getting the proper wet rest because of how reactive they were in the hotel. And like I said, you know, in this day and age, Airbnbs makes it pretty easy, but you know, for a long trip with Sunny and Tiva, I never would have planned staying in hotels. I definitely would have booked Airbnbs. Um, something else that I think really set Waylon um, up for success on this trip is that he has a lot of experience in um, a lot of really busy places. He is not bothered by traffic noise. He is not tra- bothered by large crowds of people. Um, he's not bothered by lots of other dogs. So that made it really easy for him to come um, and taking him to these busy places. We weren't always busy places, but we certainly went to a lot of busy places and, you know, traveling in the summer, you can't really leave him in the car because it's too hot. So he had to come onto a lot of patios and that's something that we have put a lot of time and energy into over um, his five and a half years of life is making sure that he can keep his cool on patios and that made um, traveling with him just that much easier. So if your dog doesn't have a ton of experience keeping their cool on patios, maybe something else you could be doing in anticipation um, of a big trip with your dog. I think something else that we know about Waylon is that he is really completely comfortable being left alone places. So on our trip, um, he was comfortable being left alone in the hotel room. We stayed with some friends. He was completely comfortable being left alone at their house, right? So um, Tiva was not comfortable with that. Um, That really distressed her. So that was definitely something we had to anticipate when we were taking trips with her is making sure that we weren't really going to be in situations where we had to ask her to be alone because she really couldn't handle that. The nice thing about... um, Waylon is that, you know, since we got him as an eight week old puppy, we were able to teach him that being alone ain't no thing. And that has stuck, right? So those are really some of the major things that were already in place that made me feel like Waylon could be wildly successful on this trip. So um, many of you who have been on this wonderful disorderly dogs journey with me, you have basically heard me raise Waylon, right? And I'm sure some of you can laugh because I'm sure you have um, related to some of the episodes where I share some of Waylon's dirty secrets and how he can be really naughty and he doesn't always do the things that I want him to do. Um, But I will be honest, um, this trip really um, solidified for me that nothing, none of the training was in vain, right? Um, Waylon really was so easy. <laughs> he went everywhere we needed him to do, to go. We, he did everything we asked him to do. Um, and literally there was like nothing that phased him, <laughs> right? He's like, oh, we're going here today. Oh, we're going to be in the car for 12 hours today. Okay. Oh, we're staying at this hotel room. Oh, you got me a bed. That's amazing. And I, um, I'm not much of a bragger per se, but I do want to brag a little bit because I feel like we've kind of hit this magnificent point where like he is five and a half and he literally does everything I need him to, (laughs) right? Like there's really nothing that I felt like, oh my God, this needs work. This needs training on our trip. Um, and I don't think that that would have been the case if we would have taken Waylon on this super long trip earlier in his life, right? 
And I know a lot of you have heard me talk about, you know, kind of the the age range and like how puppies are like so much fun and then teenagers are a pain in the butt and then it, you know, it kind of gets hard, but then it gets easy and then you get into the glory years. And I feel like Waylon and I have officially reached the glory years. Um, I never really thought that we would get to this point, if I'm being completely honest. There were so many situations where I wanted to give Waylon freedom and I wanted to let him make choices and he always made choices I didn't want him to make and I felt like I couldn't give him that freedom. But on this trip, um, that was not the case at all. So many of you know um, Waylon and I's recall training journey and how, um, you know, there have definitely been situations where the recall has failed when it comes to wildlife and stuff like that. But um, on our three-week trip, we were in many different versions of wilderness. Um, We were in Idaho for several days, and we camped in the wilderness, and Waylon literally came every single time I called him. Every single time. I never was even worried. And my partner, um, he tends to be a little bit more worried when Waylon is off leash just because he doesn't have like the same rapport and understanding with Waylon. And even my partner was like, oh my God, he's been so good, right? So, you know, it was it was really cool to kick off our trip and really see him um live his best life in the woods and be able to be off leash and um know that he was just gonna come when I called him. Um, he was a total superstar and it was just so much fun. Um, after we went, um, after we left Idaho, we went to Oregon. We spent a lot of time um, in Oregon. And again, we did lots of hikes. He got to be in the wilderness and same thing. <laughs> he never really was out of sight. He actually was really good about staying close. Um, and you know, it's something that of course I was thinking about on this trip, right? Like, why does it feel like all of the sudden, like Waylon is so easy going and everything is good. And I think it's a couple of things. So one, obviously it's a reflection of all of the reinforcement history that Waylon has for all of this training, right? Because he literally has been getting reinforcement for the behaviors I want him to do since he was eight weeks old, right? So we basically have five and a half years of reinforcement history. I think in addition to that, Waylon is maturing, right? He's five and a half. His priorities are changing. He doesn't want to um, do as much crazy stuff as he once wanted to do. I think in addition to that, um, spending time together. We literally were together every single day, all day for three weeks long. And I think that you kind of get into this um, this rhythm. So it's really easy to communicate and do those things. And I think in addition to that, right, outside of just Waylon, I think as an individual, right, like me, I was able to trust Waylon and be at ease and not be overly worried or stressed or feeling like I needed to you know, think twice about what I was going to allow Waylon to do or not do. And that combination was just extraordinary. 
Um, we took Waylon to the Oregon coast, right? So he got to see the Pacific Ocean. This is the first time Waylon was able to see the ocean and taking a dog to see the ocean was for sure a bucket list item for me. And I was so delighted that Waylon got to be the dog that we got to take to the ocean and the dude loved it. Um, many of you know, Waylon has a long history of sketchy behavior around water. <laughs> Um, he used to swim circles and I was worried he was going to drown. And there's a lot of sketchy things that happened in the behavior department for Waylon around water. And I have to say that when we got to the ocean, I think my partner and I were both like a little cautious. <laughs> like there are giant sea creatures out here. Like Waylon could get himself into a lot of trouble in the ocean. And he never once did, right? Like we were able to give Waylon this freedom and he was able to behave in a way that made us feel safe. And in turn, he also got to stay safe. And again, I think it's really just the combination of his age, my ease, his reinforcement history, and the fact that we were just together all of the time. I think that's something that the dog training community, especially the positive reinforcement community, doesn't love is, you know, kind of this ideal of like, your energy and what that brings to your relationship and with your dog. And and I understand why the positive reinforcement community doesn't love that because, you know, trainers like Caesar Milan have been using that as a euphemism for really abusive training. Like I totally understand why, but I think that we can't not talk about that because it's very real. And I really do think that like a big reason that we were so successful on our trip is because I was able to be calm and at peace and trust that Waylon could do what I needed him to do in those moments. And it made a huge difference, right? It made a huge difference. And I think, you know, obviously our energy, our emotions are not everything when it comes to our dogs, right? They're not everything. But I think that that's something that we don't talk about enough is like what we can do as people to like get ourselves in this centered, peaceful place so that we can show up fully for the dog so that they can in turn do what we need them to do. And I, I think that that is something that obviously I've always been working on and cultivating, but I think that Waylon and I just kind of came to this new level of um, connection and, and energy exchange. And it was really beautiful. And I'm going to be honest, I'm really fucking proud of um, who Waylon and I are as a team. And I think even outside of that, right, like I saw Waylon really able to respond and do what my partner asked of him also, right? And while Waylon is both of our dogs, obviously I'm the dog trainer. I got Waylon with the intention of him being my dog and doing these things together. And, you know, it was really cool to see that translate, right, to my partner also. I think that Waylon is a dog who, of course, has taught me a million lessons. I'm sure you all learn these lessons from your dogs as well. But I think that Waylon is a dog who is particularly reactive when I become reactive. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. So one of those would be when it comes to dog interactions. If Waylon is on leash and the dog approaches and I tense up on the leash and I get kind of aggro or frustrated, he definitely keys off of that and he is much more likely to be a dick to that dog. <laughs> okay. Um, but 
if Waylon is on leash and a dog approaches and I drop the leash and I keep my cool and I keep walking, Waylon's great. He can stuff butts, say hi, move on, no big deal. So I think that that is something that he has really taught me that he is paying attention to how I am reacting. And if I can keep my cool and do what I need to do to keep myself feeling calm, he can follow suit, right? And obviously everyone, it is so much more than just that, okay? But I think that I have spent so much of my training career on the evidence-based, right? The positive reinforcement, the operant conditioning, the classical conditioning. And I think that something that was really highlighted for me on this trip is that there's more to it. The relationship, the dynamic, how I'm feeling, my mood, my emotions, those all influence how Waylon behaves. And it was just so beautiful to be able to trust Waylon I want to give you one more example of that. So Waylon has a history of bolting out front doors when he's going to stay at someone's house. So like my mom's house, he will do that sometimes. And I think it's really because he doesn't want me to leave him. And that's fine, right? And when we were um, in Washington, so we made it to the coast on Oregon. We stayed there. We camped in Oregon woods. We made it to Washington. It was amazing. When we were in Washington, we stayed with some friends. And we all went to dinner and it was too hot for Waylon to be in the car and there wasn't a patio. So Waylon stayed at their house. And we were all getting ready to leave and Waylon bolted out the front door and everyone promptly is like, oh shit, because they were worried about Waylon. And I wasn't, (laughs) right? I literally kept my cool and I was like, hey buddy, you know, we're going to go to dinner and we're going to have you leave here. You're going to stay here. And Waylon promptly just came right to me, walked into the house and was content for us to leave, right? And I think that that's one of those situations that if I would have freaked out and I would have been like, oh my God, Waylon, don't run, he would have bolted further. (laughs) And then getting him to stay at our friend's house calmly would have been even more difficult. So I think that um, Waylon is an extraordinary teacher and I'm really grateful for all the lessons that he has taught me. And I think that this trip was really a reflection of um, not only Wayland's training, but also um, my growth, right? My personal growth, my ability to show up for Wayland in the way that is going to be best for him and best for me. And I'm really proud of us as a team. So everyone, I will do a a highlight on my Instagram of all of the videos from our trip. I know those of you who follow us loved seeing Waylon um, running around on the beach and rolling around in dead crabs and living his best motherfucking life. Um, So I'll do a highlight on Instagram. So if you want to kind of get more of an idea of our trip and where we went, we had so much fun. I mean, seriously, what an extraordinary gift to be able to take such a long trip and be able to take Waylon along. Um, so yeah, everyone, I really just wanted to share, you know, the highlights of our trip and what I think set us all up for success. And I want to encourage all of you, if you can make a trip happen that your dog has the skills for, do it. Um, it's absolutely worth it. I'm so grateful we were able to do it. <clears throat> and then I also wanted to leave you with just a little tidbit. So I know that I had planted just a little seed in one of the previous episodes of Distortedly Dogs, but um, it is confirmed. Um, We will be bringing a puppy home um, in October. She was actually born today. (laughs) 
the day I'm recording this podcast. She was born today, so she is officially one year old. Um, we are getting another American Staffordshire Terrier. She is coming from Wayland's breeder. Um, she will not be related to Wayland. She came from a different, um, a different breeding pair. Um, but we are really, really excited. Um, as all of you know, losing Tiva was really, really hard, but I think that my partner and I are both at this place where, um, we are ready to accept a new life into, um, our family without expecting her to be the perfect dog that Tiva was. We know that Tiva was a once in a lifetime dog, um, but we're ready. Um, I think we're ready to bring in a new dog. And I think that Waylon is ready for the companionship. So buckle up because come October, whew, I'm going to be talking all about puppies. So everyone, I have some really great episodes coming at you in the future. I'm going to talk about um, the three biggest recall mistakes. I'm going to talk about the problem with overmanagement. I'm going to talk about letting dogs work it out. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, my observation of people being intimidated by their own dogs. If you have a podcast topic suggestion, do me a favor. Head over to disorderlydogs.com. You can scroll down. There's a little form you can fill out. And if I do an episode, episode because you suggested it, I will be sure to shout you out. It has been an honor to share (laughs) about our trip. Um, Have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. Listen, we've all been there. You take your dog on an adventure and it is not carefree and fun like you hoped it would be. We love adventuring with our dogs, but we know there is so much more to it than going places and taking the good pictures. So if you have an adventure dog and you're struggling with some of their training, our comprehensive course content can give you all of the information you need to make huge strides in your adventure dog training. Whether your adventures include hiking, camping, stand-up paddleboarding, we have content just for you. In addition to our comprehensive course content, we host monthly group Q&As so that you can get answers to your training questions from experts like Steph and myself. So if you have an adventure dog and training has not been going like you hoped, check out Adventure Dog Academy that opens for enrollment on July 1st. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.